Paper Girls is a series about four tween girls working a paper route in 1988 who stumble into a science fiction adventure after chasing two hooded figures that stole their walkie-talkie. The first eight-episode season is out and streaming on Amazon Prime. We're rating and discussing the first installment, Growing Pains. Welcome to today's episode. I'll tell you something you probably don't know. It's 38 minutes. I knew it was 38 minutes. So why is it 38 minutes? Well, because the first comic book issue is the longest out of all of them. This was a comic book? Yeah. In fact, I read the first 15 issues out of the 30 that there are, just to get a good sense of it all. Oh, should I just jump into the plot then? Yeah. And then you I can, can tell I can, me yeah. whether or not it follows. Okay. Yeah. So we start with Aaron. She's waking up. It's November 1st, 1988 called Hell Day, because it's the morning after Halloween, and it's her first day delivering papers. Okay. There is something that happens before that, but I don't want to talk about it quite yet. Okay, so Erin is this young girl. She's like 12 years old, right? And we get three other girls starting their day as well, Mm -hmm. and it's like 5 a.m., maybe even earlier, because they're all doing the paper So this is still, you you said it was the day after Halloween, but it's kind of still that night, It is still that night, Okay, yeah, so that's pretty similar. Okay, so then we also have Tiffany, we have KJ, and then Mac. Tiffany... Her mom's a nurse. She's African-American. She kind of reminds me of Dustin from Stranger Things. She Mm -hmm. has that kind of nerdy vibe. She also carries around these two portable walkie-talkies. And then KJ, uh, her family's well off. Uh, She happens to be Jewish, which they bring up a lot in the show (laughs) because the first thing we see is her seeing a dress that says Shabbat on it. Okay. And then she later on brings up her bat mitzvah, which is coming up, which happens when she turns 12 years old. In the comic book as well. Which happens when she turns 12 years old. So that means she's 11 in this show. Okay, so I was going to bring up later on, but, like, the girls in the show feel feel like they've been cast a little bit older than their actual ages Yeah, are. I mean, they are. Yeah, and, like, they talk a little bit more maturely. They look a little bit more, like, 13, 14-ish. So, it, I mean, they're still young, but it's kind of weird to have them constantly refer to themselves as so young. Yeah. I, as, like, 11 and 12. I know what you mean by, like, kind of speak more maturely, because in the comic book, I think they're all 12. But, yeah, they kind of uh, don't speak exactly But, like I mean, that. the actual actresses, I think they're, like, 14 years old, especially especially Mac. She's yeah. supposed to be more the hillbilly, a little bit of a uh, anti-Semite, but she's also kind of the delinquent who leads the group, kind yes. of like Judd Nelson's character from The Breakfast Club, yeah. Bender. Um, she's sort of doing an impersonation of him throughout. She's also the de facto leader after a while. She's not the main character, though, right? No, again, Aaron is the main character. She's of Asian descent. I, her mom is kind of a helicopter parent. So Aaron, Tiffany, KJ, and Mac, those are the four girls that are the main focal point do of the you, show. Do you, do you know where you could have seen seen Aaron before only in like four episodes I think uh no okay altered carbon she played young Raylene yeah altered uh, carbon was from years ago so this I is her first time in a lead role so yeah, yeah. Um, so then, especially if she's playing a young version of one of those characters, I didn't pay attention to the past plots of that show at all. So Aaron hops on her bike. She jumps out of her garage. She's going down the street. Toilet paper is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Bush shines that are like 1988 Bush against who, who did he face off? George McGovern. It was McGovern? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So anyways, Bush signs were everywhere. Um, and then there were like bullies that were going around still in their Halloween costumes. Erin is doing her paper route. She misthrows to the wrong house, goes up to pick up the paper, and some racist comes out with a baseball bat 
uh, Mr. Johnson. And he's like, get off my property. I know you're stealing my paper. Even though she's holding a full bag of like, you could definitely tell she was the paper girl. That is not a comic book. Yeah, it's it's kind of thrown in there. And then Tiffany comes in to the rescue because she just happens to be going by at the same time, delivers the right paper to the guy. And then uh, that's when she says, here, have my walkie talkie. I can tell you're new. And so Tiffany and Aaron have their kind of moment together. Yeah. And then Mac pops in and she's warning them that these bullies are still out there dressed in their costume, their Freddy Krueger stuff, specifically this guy named Wally. And then they go out to actually find the bullies. And lo and behold, they're um, picking on KJ, who is the mm-hmm. last of the four. And they break KJ free by sending a firework at the teenagers, which seems to scare them off. They feel like dazed and confused reject teenagers because they're just stereotypical, like, assholes right yeah i mean they changed the characters from kj to aaron and i know that kj watched a lot the ones of that the bullies were yeah, going after right um, okay and i know that kj the actress who played rafina straza watched a lot of like 1980 films like stand by me while doing research for the role i mean that comes into play later on again the 80s references are everywhere the nostalgia is present the entire time and like we've done plenty of shows that have done that not only just stranger things but like under the banner of heaven took place in the 80s physical took place in the 80s young sheldon takes place in the 80s sings takes it's just very common for shows to now follow that format however i would say that this show mostly reminds me of things like channel zero and future man Hmm. but only because of after half about halfway through the episode so we're about there though so the four of them these four girls they talk about sticking together because they're still on their paper route, but they don't want to get harassed anymore. So to be prepared, they decide to do their route two and two as opposed to just by themselves and then immediately aaron is uh, grabbed by these two hooded figures who they assume is Wally again in his crew and her walkie-talkie is stolen, mm-hmm. which Tiffany has paid a lot of money for, so she's very mad about it and Mac is like, let's go get him. Let's go murder these guys <laughs> at 11 years old or 12 years old. Well, that's how Mac is in the, in the comics, yeah. Okay. So. So everybody is on our side and they all like ride up to this random abandoned house. It's actually like still under construction. They go inside the house and in the basement, that's where the two hooded figures are. They're behind like a big covered plastic thing and they rip it open and they grab the guys and tear off their hoods and they see that they're not teenagers oh wow it's skipping a couple issues okay (laughs) okay yeah and these guys just run off they're they're kind of scared and spooked by these girls right Mm -hmm. and so because it's not wally though the girls are starting to freak out so they leave as well well they were were the people deformed that they ripped off yeah yeah yeah. what guy had like a scar but they thought maybe they were like russians or something Mm -hmm. because they're speaking in a different language so they leave the house but everything has changed now Uh, beforehand we were seeing a little bit of strange rain we were getting some flashing lights but now suddenly the whole entire sky to the earth is purple and the clouds are purple and no one is around the girls don't seem to notice at first but Uh they're all riding their bikes back to max place where Uh they can kind of get a handle of things i do need to say i saw the trailer for this show and when they showed the sky being so purple which again is in the comics that's like a ongoing thing it reminded me of uh spider-man no way home when the cracks were happening in the sky it kind of looked like that same color tone to me at least mm-hmm. yeah i would i would agree except it felt kind of cheap like the budget in the show went from we're going to concentrate really hard on the 90 1980s nostalgia factor and really kind of do subtle like references to it in the first few minutes by the end of the show it felt really cheesy and cheap Mm. and future man-ish where it was just like let's spend a little bit on a tardis looking thing i'm getting ahead of myself okay so they all go to max house 
and no one's in there. Her alcoholic mom's not there. Her brother's not there. And it's pretty clear that like they've entered some sort of parallel universe, but they don't realize that. They think it's some sort of nuclear fallout that they've witnessed. And so they're just hanging out and uh, Aaron wants to leave and go see her mom, but no one's going to let her do that. And then Mac pulls a gun out and she's like, I'm going to protect us all. Starts waving it around, randomly shoots Aaron accidentally. And so then the next scene is Tiffany driving everybody to a hospital, but there's no one in the roads again. And then they sing the song to Growing Pains to try to calm Aaron down, who's been shot in the chest. Yeah. That's when they almost hit these white hooded figures. But then the hoodie guys show up again, grab the girls out. They take Aaron and they do something to her chest, but then they suddenly are in this like weird TARDIS looking thing, which is, they call it the castle. And they break out of that. And then the, the guys are like, hold up, hold up, hold up. We have to explain stuff to you. But before they can, these lasers are starting to get shot at them. And they're like, you're not in your world right now. And then they both die. But before Wait, they, they die, they, they die. Well, it seems like it. And then they give like a little disc over to um, or a contraption saying something about the underground to KJ or one of the girls. And then the girls go running and uh, they see these white hooded figures approaching and KJ kills one of them. And then the girls run back to their house or to Aaron's house. And then when they get inside, they meet old Aaron. So they're in the future now. And yeah. that's where the show leaves off. Now, if you notice that my synopsis went a little crazy in the last, like, two <laughs> minutes, that's how it played out for the show as well. This is 38 minutes, and it felt like the first 15 were rushing, but it felt like the last 15 were sprinting. And yeah. so, like, it left me kind of confused. And I don't, I'm not going to say I hated that part of it, but it packs so much in this 38 minutes that I just feel like you got the 1980s nostalgia, coming of age friendships, the end of the world, time travel, and then the obligation, this is the worst part, to take on every social issue. Mm, yeah. They have bullying, they have racism, they have classism, they have anti-Semitism, they have alcoholism, they have sexism, and then they have the dangers of gun violence. Yeah. That is a load to add into your first episode. Well, I'll say this. It seems like the first 15 minutes you were talking about that was kind of rushing was from the first issue. And it seems like what they did with the last, uh, what did you say, 23 minutes was take four issues of the comic book, which is pretty well paced throughout the whole entire thing, I think, and just cram it into everything. Like the people you were talking about dying, I believe one of the hooded uh, figures named is Heck. And he ended up being my favorite character in the uh, comic book. It is definitely heck because Amazon Prime allows you to move the dial. And yeah. so that's how you could tell the name. The problem was in the first scene, we see old Aaron coming down her stairs and being like, who's in my house right now? And then we find out at the end that it was the girls because yeah. that was the actual end of the episode. And so the problem is that it said old Aaron. So I knew that it was going to be time travel because they were showing an older version of her. Yeah. And had they not done that, then I wouldn't have known that. Yeah, and it, and I'm a little annoyed just with the fact that they killed off Heck that that much because he's, he in, he's in it for a couple of issues and he ended up being my favorite character. They end the One way... of them may have gotten away, but it seemed like both of them died. Well, both of them died at least in the comics and the way that you were just talking about the gun like the dangers of gun violence yeah. it's done way better in the comic book because they actually go to Max's house where Max's mom is and she's like an alcoholic and she pulls out a gun ready to commit suicide now and remember what i better. said yeah. we we see Max's mom but it's at the beginning of the episode where we're seeing all the girls waking up mm -hmm. and they show the brother and mac and how that's why i said that they addressed alcoholism but when they went out with the purple skies out 
no one was around. The, right. the mom had disappeared. That, yeah, that, that's kind of how it is also in the comic books. So how yeah. how was the mom there with the gun? Well, what happens is is that uh, like people end up just kind of disappearing out of nowhere. Okay. In fact, that even so happened. So it's not all at once. Yeah, though. it's not all at once. It like happens at different times. The and Purple it, Mist also reminds me a little bit of Miss Marvel. Yeah, 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 yeah. It. It's been compared to that as well. The teleplay for this episode was written by Stephanie Folson. She's been a screenwriter for a lot of family-friendly shows. Uh, but any, like, sort of um, um, superhero shows. Well, yeah, she's actually done uh, the screenwriting for Thor Ragnarok and also was a co-writer for Toy Story 4. And she has done um, TV series like Star Wars Resistance and the new Ring of Power upcoming Amazon Prime show as well. Yeah. So she's kind of in that realm. So she's in the comic book universe type of writing. However, I feel like even though comic books can be herky-jerky, like they'll move a faster pace than any TV show, cutting this down to 38 minutes, it really should have been longer. It should have been more fleshed out, at longer. least for this pilot, um, for, for just introducing us to the characters. They bond so quickly. and then, but, but the problem with the characters is that like in 1980s films, they made such a big deal about clicks people falling into different cliques and then those cliques kind of like distancing themselves from each other. However, in these independent movies where you had people bonding, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah. becoming friends. Now in this day and age, you would think that the identity portion of it would mean less, but it did feel like this episode was talking about, well, we have one character who's black. We have yeah. one character who's Asian. We have one character who's a hillbilly and we have one character who's Jewish. <laughs> And that was their main identifier. And that just didn't feel natural. It felt like, why are you... It feels like backwards thinking almost. Like, yeah. never have I ever, Pen15, those both use race, and but they do it in like a subtle and kind of interesting way. It's like, not their full, like, It's not Chad. Trait. Right. It's not Chad yeah. that TV. Like, you can do it wrong. And this felt like it was sort of doing it wrong. The showrunner Christopher Rogers, he did things like Halt and Catch Fire, uh, which also took place in the 80s in Lodge 49. He decided to adapt this after he met Brian K. Vaughn, who was the creator of the comic book. And mm -hmm. Brian K. Vaughn is pretty big in the comic book universe. And I have four things that he's done because he's also done work outside of comic books. Oh, and there's three truths in one line. I wanted to see if you could guess which one so the lie is. So it's a spot is. what he hasn't actually done in right. real life. Right, right. So Brian K. Vaughn has ran things like Ex Machina starring Oscar Isaac. Cool. That's the first one. Brian K. Vaughn wrote the comic book. This isn't for, anything like Ex Machina, though. But yeah, yeah. go ahead. Well, he, he's like done a ton of different genres in the comic book world. Uh, which So the second one is Brian K. Vaughn wrote the comic book for Why the Last Man. That's one of the uh, things. The third one is he worked on Lost and Under the Under the Dome, the TV series. Yeah, and then uh, that's a little similar to this, I guess. And then four is he teamed up with Mark Miller, creator of Kick-Ass, Kingsman, Jupiter's Legacy. Big I in know the who Mark book. Miller is. Yeah, yeah. And wrote We've the talked about it before. And wrote the notorious horror comic, The Unfunnies. Um, I man, I don't know. This all sound kind of possible. I'll go ahead and say the first one, the Ex Machina thing, is fake. That one actually is true, but it's not the Ex Machina that you're thinking of. Uh, he actually wrote the comic... Didn't you say Oscar Isaac? Yes. He wrote the comic book Ex Machina. Yes. And uh, I think early January 2020, Oscar Isaac signed on to be part of the film. It's about superheroes. But they're actually changing the name from Ex Machina to The Great Machine to avoid confusion with the 2014 film. That would be very confusing. So which is the fake one? The, the second one? The fake one is actually teamed up with Mark Miller uh, oh, okay. to write the Notorious Horror comic. I think All The right. Unfunnies was the first comic that Mark Miller wrote. And if you if you like read that, you know how kind of like screwed up that is. Well, Mark Miller, yeah. We When we talked about, I think, Jupiter's Legacy, we went into how like there's a lot of hate thrown his yeah. way. A lot of people are not big fans of him as a comic book writer. 
later. However, Kick-Ass is uh, still a pretty good movie, yeah, I think. Yeah, and I like, the, I like the comic book series to Kick-Ass as well. You read the comic book mm-hmm. series to Kick-Ass? All 24 issues, yeah. Oh. So when I Googled this show underneath what people searched for, they said that Invincible was one, 4400, The Walking Dead Sliders, in terms of like what is comparable sliders. to... Because at first I was like, they're just jumping universes and they don't realize like different times, different realms, different landscapes. The thing that's confusing is that these white hooded figures seem to follow them everywhere. However, people are living normal lives like old Aaron seem to be just living old Aaron's life. But maybe the white figures are following them. I, I don't know exactly what's going on quite yet. But the first episode is just such a mess. Um, as far as everything being crammed into it, I, I have to just give it a six out of 10. It passes, but barely. I'll to say me. this. I'll say this. Um, people have kind of said, we were saying it's rushed throughout the whole series. However, they say the season finale is worth it. And there's also some names that are very familiar that you haven't mentioned yet. So they probably come along in, uh, other episodes. Okay. It's on. In it's fact, not Mr. Johnson though, right? Not the racist <laughs> that comes out with the bat. No, no, okay. no, no, no. I think you're going to notice them right off the bat. I'll just say this. Oh, you mean like famous people? Yes, names. famous people. I thought you meant like names from the comics. Yeah that you had read yeah like you haven't mentioned larry he's played by someone who also goes by a different show that we've done for the podcast also his name was larry in that okay um it's not one of max brothers right it's no, not max brother no, okay. No, no, no. okay that's the only guy we've really seen other than yeah mostly girls and and the bullies in terms of genre is it just like kind of like a mashup because i had like it has to be comedy action drama anything else a breakfast club meets sci-fi channel zero ish remember with channel zero there's that season where they go into a house and they come out and there's like a resi- residential community. Talk about the memories thing, right? Yeah, a residential community that like is kind of like an alterverse or an upside down to the normal place. That's kind of what it felt like when the purple sky took over. It mm-hmm. felt like it was just the upside down to the world that they were in. So very Stranger Things-ish. Um, yeah, it, people it feels said... like it's hitting notes that like it, it's checking boxes almost uh-huh. not only for the social issues but also just plot points and nostalgia wise so that's what also took it down a rating for me because it feels like we get a lot of those yeah and then it took me a while though to realize why it was called paper girls like it took me a good five to six minutes in <laughs> before i was like oh they, they're being paper boys oh wait that's the name of the show <laughs> yeah so i felt stupid for that if i had to say one thing about the comic book it almost seems like this was made for tv during the coronavirus era because there's just there's so little characters in there it really does just focus on a couple side characters yeah now and- that you mention it it does feel like it was intentional not to have that many people in right. the cast. And the Hollywood Reporter said, it's Stand By Me meets Stranger Things meets The Wizard of Oz meets Terminator. <laughs> I just, the girls are a little tough to get in, like understand mm-hmm. their personalities, mostly because they act differently than what I would assume 11 year olds or 12 year olds would act like. Yeah, it's gonna be, it was, uh, it's gonna be eight episodes of a shot in Chicago, Illinois. And um, the reviews for it have been actually kind of positive. It, it was what I expected it to be. 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, 7 out of 10 on IGN, 4 out of 5 from The Guardian. And that's for the whole season, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay, and so it's not just the first episode. 6.4, though, on IMDb. IMDb can always be a little strange when new shows come out. Yeah, but it seems like uh, the people who like the comic book also like the series. Um, they do add some things and change up just from your description, but it seems like they follow the basic plot line pretty well and the comic book also got critical acclaim and came out before stranger things did i did i miss anything with uh i don't think so i don't think that's all that happens in the first few issues of the comics yeah yeah well it's strange to me does tiffany drive the car in the comics 
Tiffany? Yeah, I think at one point. Okay. I think I think after she's, she gets shot. She's 12 years old. Yeah, yeah, that, that actually is something that happens in issue two. I will say it's strange because I think that the first volume is like 10 issues. And if they've already gone through five issues in just the first episode, and it's supposed to be eight episodes, makes me wonder how much they're going to actually get done because the overall thing is just 30 issues as a whole. Yeah, well, I mean, if it gets popular enough, they can always extend that or like think of their own plot lines. Yeah. Um, yeah, so right now, I don't think I'm going to watch any more of the show. However, um, it does still pass barely for me. Okay. That's my rating, but I might not be the target audience well, either, so. What you said about, like, kind of the visual effects, everyone agreed. They said that it looks kind of cheap, and Amazon Prime maybe didn't give them the budget that they were hoping for. The strange thing is the first five minutes, the first six minutes, felt like every shot, the direction of it, felt like I'm going to watch sort of a slower-moving show where these kids bond over time, mm -hmm. and it's going to be based in reality. Then suddenly it just turned ahead. Like as soon as they went into the house, it was like everything changed and things became goofy. And I was just like, this is this is an odd turn. And that actually, like I was willing to give it a, a six beforehand. But then when it did the turn, I was like, oh, this might be a seven. But then it kind of just stayed on that route. And I didn't, especially when they came out of the weird TARDIS mobile that the, the Hex were in, as you, you said. Yeah. Um, well, the heck, that was the name of one of what them. What was the other one? I, I forgot. <laughs> okay, and they could speak English by the time that they left because they were using some sort of voice modulator. Yeah, that's in the comics as well. Yeah. yeah, so they're from like some futuristic society where there's this thing called the underground, which I assume the girls are going to try to protect because those guys seem like the good guys and the guys in white seem like the bad guys. Uh, what, whether old Aaron can have... So old Aaron's in the comics as well? Yeah, yeah. She, she, she shows up at the very end of five. Yeah, she is. The I, question is, like, if why didn't old Aaron recognize young Aaron as soon as she walked in? Or her old friends? That didn't make any sense to me. Well, that It actually, took, like, a really long time for them to be like, wait, you're the same person. <laughs> they don't go into the house. I think in the comic books what happens is, is that the girls are just on the street and then a car, like, stops right in front of them. And then, Also, yeah, that's a good point. Like, Aaron used her key to get back into her house and you're telling me that over like 30 some years that they never switched the keys that's yeah. that's really weird like the locks are the exact same <laughs> well did you recognize who old aaron was um no i didn't uh, ali wong she was a oh writer. No, yes yeah yeah, yeah yeah but fresh off the boat yeah it said so on on amazon prime I yeah also that. birdie and tuka and always be my maybe i've never seen birdie and tuka but i know it's that cartoon show i yeah. wouldn't recognize her from that either um anything else that we have to say about the show no i think that's basically it all right well thanks for listening we'll see you on the next episode hope you enjoyed this one bye bye